Um, I appreciate being here this morning, and uh, thank you to Pastor Tony for having us. Uh, I made a new friend in him. And uh, thank you also to Luke and Natalie for uh, hosting me uh, these last few days. Uh, uh, Brother Luke is... Uh, his, uh, his zeal for God is something to behold. Amen. He works like a machine. I've never <laughs> seen anybody like him. And uh, it's amazing to, uh, to, to see him uh, and, and, and the way he, uh, he works for the Lord and doing such d many different things in, uh, just in a single day. So it's been a great blessing to, uh, to be with them and fellowship with them once again. And uh, um, we look forward to, uh, to do a lot more together uh, as, as brothers in the Lord. He inspires me, and uh, so it's nice to, uh, to be with people like him. Um, when God made Adam and Eve, uh, he loved to be with them. He came to visit them in the garden. And, of course, after they sinned, that was not possible because sin cannot stand in the presence of God. Uh, but God still loved his creation. He loved people. God loves people. And he made a plan. When, uh, when uh, the Israelites moved out of, uh, of Egypt, God instructed Moses and he said, uh, I want you to build a tabernacle. And he gave him instructions about the Ark of the Covenant and everything. Uh, and I'm not going to go too deep into that story. You know the Ark of the Covenant, and the presence of God was there, right on, on, on the lid of the Ark, in, in, in the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. And, and, and so uh, he did that so that he could dwell among his people. And um, the, uh, 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 the tabernacle was like a mobile temple. Wherever they went, uh, the presence of God went with them because God wanted to be with his people. And so uh, at some stage, something happened. I tried to do some research. It seems nobody knows what happened to the ark. Uh, they don't know where it is. And so uh, it, it doesn't seem they... I don't know what they did in, in all those years after he disappeared because once a year the, the high priest had to go in there on the Day of Atonement and sprinkle blood on, on, the, on that seat to, to cover the sins of the people for a year. Anyway, God had another plan that was a much better plan than that one. He still wanted to, he, he wanted to come closer to his people. Uh, and so he sent his son to be the lamb to die for our sins. And when his blood was shed on the cross, something incredibly happened. Um, by that time, um, there was a temple. And the ark was supposed to be in the temple. It looked like the tabernacle in three compartments. And right at the back, Behind a very thick veil, a curtain, there was the ark. And when Jesus died, God tore that veil from top to bottom. And what the people saw for the first time, no ark. 
There was nothing. There was nothing. The deadness of religion was exposed. For the first time, I guess they probably saw, there's nothing. It's empty. No ark, no presence of God. But it was also, uh, God also announced that something new was about to happen. And I want to read for us um, a few verses from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and from verse 10. Apostle Paul is, is uh, sharing here. It says, according to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now look at verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. And so, a God does not live in, 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 in a temple made by hands. He came so close to us that he now dwells right inside of us. And that's the will of God. Uh, he always had the desire to be so close to his people, and that is the closest he can get, is to come and dwell right inside of us. And that is the temple of today. You know, when we come to church, we say we come to church, really, you are the church. This is just the building. You know that. Uh, you are the temple and wherever you go, God goes. We have become mobile temples now. Just as the, the, the tabernacle was a mobile temple, we have become mobile temples. And wherever we go, we take the presence of God with us. We're temples of God. The presence of God dwells within us. That, that, that glory that was on, on, the, on the lid of, of the ark is now inside of you. That's God's will. That is his dream. He finally, in Christ, fulfilled his dream to be among his people. And so here we are. And sometimes we think, where's God? Well, he's right inside of you. He's right inside of you. And um, uh, he, wants to, uh, he wants to reveal himself. He wants to express himself. He wants to show his presence. 
He wants to show his love. He wants to show his mercy and his goodness. And the only way he can do it is through you. God doesn't have a body like we have. He uses our bodies. He uses our hands. He uses our voice. My ministry was gravitates a little more to the teaching side. Uh, I, I just love doctrine. I'm one of those that get excited about doctrine because I see the beauty of God in doctrine. And I like good doctrine. I, I don't like doctrine that, that people just talk about. I, I like the solid stuff of the Word of God. And there are some beautiful gems there for us which helps us to, to fulfill our lives and to be the people that God wants us to be. When we look at those and we see uh, 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 at, at, at what lengths God went to bring to our attention who we are in him and what his presence in us means, not only to us, but to those around us, because we're ambassadors, right? This world is not our home, not going to be too worried about what's going on here. We're just passing through. This is not our home. So we have a purpose uh, here. Now I want to go uh, back to the temple that Solomon built. Uh, to save time, I'm not going to read uh, the passage, but uh, Solomon built a temple for God. And uh, on a certain day, he dedicated that temple and he did so in a beautiful, gorgeous ceremony. Uh, he had the Levites there, and they were singers there. And uh, the Levites were, uh, carried the, the Ark of the Covenant and to put it in its place. And, uh, and they were trumpeters and, uh, and singers. And they sang a song that David wrote. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. And, and, and there were 120 trumpeters. Now, remember the number. Remember, 120. Make a note somewhere. And as they were sounding the, the trumpets and the singers were singing, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And the Levites were carrying the ark into its place. The glory of God moved in there in a cloud. And his presence was so strong that the priests could not stand. They could not stand. The Bible says they could not stand. The, the, the presence of God is, 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 is weight. It's a weight that rests on you. And they experienced that weight. And, and it, it, it was too much for them. They could not stand. And so when we go over to the New Testament, and this is what we're going to do this morning. We're going to go look at this and this way and that way and this way and that way. Connect things. We're going to connect some dots today. So now we fast forward to the New Testament. And God is about to move into his New Testament mobile temples on the day of Pentecost. But this time... He did not come as a cloud, he came as fire. And, 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 and when that day was fully come, the Bible says, 
there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire appeared and sat on each one of them. And they began to speak. How many were there? 120. God prophesied that when he dedicated Solomon's temple. He already foresaw Acts chapter 2. And they pulled, they, they, they opened their, 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 their trumpets of flesh and spoke of the great things of God. Amen. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. You know, I just love to see how God rehearsed the day of Pentecost on the day that Solomon dedicated the temple. And Solomon didn't know that. But now we do. What a, what a mighty God we serve. Amen. So, um, after Jesus uh, rose from the dead, uh, we spoke about it yesterday. Ooh. We spoke about it yesterday. Uh, he breathed on the disciples. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now it's interesting that he breathed on them because in John chapter 3, he already said that you cannot be born again well, if, uh, but by the Spirit of God. And so when he breathed on them, I believe they, they received the Spirit of God, rejuvenated them, recreated them, because they could not be born again before Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, there's a connection there between what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, anyone who was born again, born from above, is like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. You just feel the effect of it. There's an impact. There's something happens when that, when that wind blows into your life. And that day when Jesus breathed on him, that wind came and, and recreated these men. They became new creations in Christ. But that was not the end of it. Because, you know, with God, there's always more. There's always more. And, 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 and this is where I want us uh, uh, want to take us this morning. I want to, to, to stir up a hunger and a thirst inside of us for more. Amen. Let's not be satisfied with a little bit. Because God's the God of plenty. And if he thinks plenty is good, then we need to think so too. Amen. Let's not be satisfied with a little bit. The, the breath was was wonderful. It's wonderful. We cannot live without it. But there's more. There's more. Because suddenly on the day of Pentecost, that breath turned into a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. More of the same. More of the same came upon those people. The 120 that were there. And God gave them the abundance. And boy, how did it change them? How did it change everything? From that moment on, they would never be the same again. They would never be the same again. The same rushing mighty wind came and blew into them. 
And God gave them that overflowing, overwhelming abundance. So we move from the breath to the rushing mighty wind. But there was a day when Jesus spoke to um, the woman at the well, there in John chapter 4. And uh, you know the story, she, uh, uh, she came there and Jesus said, well, uh, will you give me a drink? She said, well, you're not really supposed to talk to me because you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Uh, and so a, a conversation started. And that's how Jesus, uh, that's what we can learn from Jesus. How you start at one point and then move the conversation to a place where you can do something. And he just gradually moved the conversation along to the point where he could minister to her need. He didn't rush in there. He just gradually took her there. But he said to her, if, if, you, know, if you knew who you were speaking to, you would ask me for a drink. Well, then he got her. She was interested in, what's he talking about? Where do you get the water from? This is the well that our father Jacob gave us. And you're talking, he says, I'll give you living water. And he says, where are you going to get the living water from? He says, I will give you living water that, that will be like a well that springs up inside of you into eternal life. What was he talking about? He was talking about the Holy Spirit because without him you cannot have eternal life. He, he, he was talking about the new birth. Now, it wasn't possible then, but, but, but there was a promise of living water and eternal life. And that's what we receive when we are born again. There is, there is that there's something that's bubbling up on the inside. You know, life changed. Life changed. There's a fountain on the inside. And it, it, it keeps on flowing and refreshing itself. And, uh, and, 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 and that's, the, that's, the, that's the grand thing about uh, being born again. It doesn't matter what comes at you. That, 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 that spring will also bring freshness. It will also revive you. It will always revive you and always rejuvenate you and always strengthen you. It's always fresh because the Holy Spirit will keep on feeding you and keep on giving you life. But then just a few chapters further down in John chapter 7 and verse 37, um, Jesus stood there. It was a feast day and he he stood up and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For out of your innermost being, that's where the fountain is, will flow rivers of living water. More of the same. The abundance is coming. The abundance is coming. And so, you know, um, God wants us to lose ourselves in him. He gives, thank God for the fountain, but there's the river, not just one, a river of living water it will flow out of your innermost being. And, and, and what a glorious and wonderful 
and life-giving experience that is. There is so much abundance, it is more, it, it's more than you can handle. It is, you give out of the overflow of your life. Once that, that river has been unstopped and it starts flowing, it flows to everybody around you. And that's how God wants to, 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 to make himself known, express himself. He's living on the inside of us. Not just in a little bit, not just hiding where nobody can see him. No, he wants to flow out of you. He wants to flow out of you. And he wants that flow to touch those around you. We need a lot of living uh, rivers of living water to flow in this day. The world is thirsty. They're looking around. They're searching. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know where to turn. They have no clue. They are without hope in this world. The only hope that there is lives right inside of us. The spirit of the living God. The spirit of the living God. Right inside of us. The Holy Spirit. And you know when the Holy Spirit came? He, you know, it's just the goodness of God that he didn't come to dwell there in secret. He came with tools. He came with tools because he's, he wants to do something. Um, and we call them gifts. The Bible calls them gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when he moves in, he comes with his gifts. And he wants to use them. He wants to use them. They're all there. If you have received the, if you've received the tongues of fire, if you receive um, that rushing mighty wind, if you've re received the rivers of living water, it's all inside of you. And God wants to use it. And we call them the gifts. And all those gifts are not for us. Those gifts are not for us. They're for those around us. They're not for us. I think it's time we start using them. It's time we, 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 we begin to look at that and, and, and say, you know what? I'm going to be available. I'm not going to keep the Holy Spirit in house arrest any longer. We cannot afford in this day to hide the light that is inside of us. We cannot, we, can, we cannot afford it. We live, in a, we live in a very serious day, in a very serious time. It's time for God's people to rise up and be revealed. This is our call for this day. And we are well equipped. I'm not going to go in, into, the, into the different gifts. There are nine of them. Uh, all things that, that at any moment God can use. And don't think you can only be used for one gift. Now, God will use certain people. They're more wired for a certain thing. But where there's a need, God can supply that need by what is inside of you. Because the Holy Spirit dwells there in its fullness. 
And he's not going to say, well, I'm sorry, you don't have this gift or that gift. He says, I have them all. And if you're willing, I'll use your hands. I will use your mouth. And we yielded to him. You are in for the adventure of your life. It's amazing how we sometimes can disqualify ourselves. I say, well, you know, I, 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 don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm a, the best Christian. I, I am not as holy as I ought to be. Nobody is. <laughs> Nobody is. But that's not what God said. Well, of course, the Holy Spirit will, uh, uh, will talk about that in a minute. But, uh, and, and he wants us to grow spiritually and mature and, and, and grow in our faith and, and holiness and all of that. But that doesn't stop him from using you. I was so amazed when, uh, I just love that story in the Bible where Jesus came into the temple or the synagogue and there was a man with a withered hand. And, the, and it was Sabbath day, not supposed to do anything. And the moment he saw him, it was a done deal. He was not, the man didn't ask for anything. He didn't, he asked nothing. He just stood there. But when Jesus, Jesus saw him, the deal was done. <laughs> Where the, those Pharisees, and they were angry. And, uh, and the Bible says Jesus was angry at them and disappointed. He had all kinds of emotions because of the hardness of these religious leaders. And yes, a man with a need, they don't care about him. They care about their religion. And while those emotions are running through him, the Bible says he looked at them. You know, when I tell you, that look could kill them. But that's not what Jesus came to do. That's the grace of God. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And as angry and disappointed as he was, the man was healed on the spot. I told uh, Luke that uh, I was in China one time and uh, we were ministering in, uh, in an underground church. And uh, the pastor who had to come pick us up at the airport got lost in the city of Shanghai. And it was very, very hot. We had a very long day and I was so tired. And eventually we, you know, there were three of us and I started getting a little angry. And it's hot and we're hungry and all of that. And uh, finally he found us and he said, uh, the people are waiting for you. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you're going to preach tonight. I said, well, it's late. You had a long day. We'd like to go to bed while the people are waiting. And we arrived at his apartment. Sure enough, they were sitting there. And it was not a sight that I felt happy about. <laughs> and he said, you got to preach. And I looked at the bed, you know, the bedroom was just next door. And um, I said, okay, we'll preach a little bit. We'll preach. So I preached. Uh, and then he said, we're going to have dinner now. I said, well, we would, if we would like to skip dinner because we're really very tired. 
Uh, we'd just like to go to bed. No, 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 no. We're going to have dinner all together with these people. So, okay, we'll have dinner. So we ate something. And then after we were done, he said, well, they're waiting. I said, what are they waiting for? Well, you've got to preach. I, I, and that's why I just love the, the, the Chinese people because they're so hungry. You know, when we went there in some, some places, we spoke a whole day. They, they, they take a day off work and they come the whole day. They won't let you go. They're hungry. And so after dinner, they were sitting there and I had to preach again. Okay. And, and you can imagine that I was not in the mood. And I was a little angry too. And he said, but before you preach, there's a lady here that she needs to catch the last uh, metro out to her house. And she's sick. Would you like to pray with her? I said, well, okay. Let, let, let's bring her. We'll pray with her. But I sensed no anointing. I sensed a lot of other emotions, but not anointing. And she had a problem with her eyes. She couldn't close her eyes properly. The eyes would never close. So I prayed with her, laid hands on her, and she left. Ten minutes later, she called. She said, I'm healed. I'm coming back. <laughs> and I said, you know, even though I was not in the mood, even though I had no faith at all, even though I did not feel like doing that, God used that gift that was inside of me and healed that woman. And he can use you even if you don't, don't think you can be used. We just need to step out and meet that need. Don't worry about the consequences. That's God's business. Our business is to do what Jesus said. If you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. That's as far as we go. We lay hands on the sick. The rest is up to God. We don't have to get involved in that. Sometimes they, they healed right away. Sometimes, like this woman, it took 10 minutes. Uh, sometimes it takes a little longer. He didn't say they will be healed on the spot. He said they will recover. And, and, and oftentimes when people are not healed on the spot, we say nothing happened. Well, then we cancel everything by saying that. We just bring doubt and unbelief into it. We just need to say, I laid hands on the sick, and the, the Bible says they will recover. And God can use that gift even if we disqualify ourselves. He thinks we're qualified. Because you know what? We cannot heal anybody. It's God. We just provide hands. That's all we do. We provide the hands. To lay on the sick. In another city, also in China, they, they, uh, one of the church members there, a lovely Christian lady, said, Well, I have a friend and she's dying of cancer. Uh, will you, she's not a Christian, will you come? Well, already I thought, Well, okay, we cannot say no, so we say yes. But it didn't sound like there was a lot of faith in the room. So we went, 
And uh, when I saw her, she was, she was far gone. The doctors, had, doctors already gave her up. And uh, she looked to me like she was maybe around 75 years old, gray, and, 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 and sick, very sick. And uh, I might, uh, we had a Chinese uh, a member in our church here in Ontario, and uh, he interpreted for me. And I said to him, well, the first thing you need to do is you need to lead this Lord, uh, this woman to salvation. She needs to be saved. That's the first thing we need to take care of here. All the walls of the living room had idols on them. All the walls had idols right around. So we started to explain to her the, uh, the gospel and asked her if she would receive Christ, and she said yes. And then I said, okay, the same Jesus who died on the cross with your sins on his back, also took your sickness on him and explained to her a little bit. And I said, well, if you want to, we can, we can pray with you. And she said, yes. So we laid hands on her, we prayed with her, and then we left. We went back to that uh, town a year later, and uh, they have an, an early, early morning prayer meeting. Like 7 o'clock, they go to church and they pray. And after we prayed, a woman came to me and said to me, I'm that woman. I said, what woman? She said, well, you prayed for last year. Amen. It was a young woman. She was young. She was about maybe 35, 40. Healthy. Looked young. Completely healed. Completely healed. Even though we were in a room that was full of idols. And there was, there was no reason to have a strong faith in that moment. And things did not look good. Things did not look good. God healed that woman. See, all we need to do is, is be available. Because that's why God came in, into us. He, he wants to express himself through us. And remember the song that David sang. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. And he's still the same God. Uh, in, 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 in Acts 10, I think verse 38, it says, How Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good, and healed all who were oppressed by the devil. That is the Christ that lives inside of us. He's still doing good. He doesn't change. He didn't change. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. He's still the same God. It's still the same Holy Spirit. It's still the same Jesus. And he can still show his goodness to us and through us, and he still wants to. God wants to live inside of us. And he gave us that abundance. He gave us, instead of the cloud, which was wonderful. But he chose to come into his New Testament temple with fire. The zeal for God. Amen.
God is looking for availability. This obedient bottle. <laughs> and this morning, when Jesus spoke at that feast, he said, if you're thirsty, come. Come. He is so ready. The invitation has always been there. It's not that he is unwilling. We don't have to beg him. I think he's begging us. He made the invitation, which he declared his willingness. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's touch this world <clears throat> with the goodness of God. Amen. Will you be available to touch the world with my goodness? He made the invitation. <clears throat> and so he's reaching out to us. And he says, if you're thirsty, come. And you know, uh, while I'm talking, remember God's desire from the beginning of time was to be with his people. He's always looking for a place where I can go. Who is willing to receive me? Who is willing to receive me? Who's going to open up to me? Who will open up? Who will receive me? Remember what we read in Revelation? Jesus says, I'm standing at the door and I knock. I just want somebody to open up. He wants to come. He wants to come uh, and uh, uh, move in with us and be with us. And, and while I'm talking, even while I'm talking, he can come to you. You don't have to wait till we pray with you because he's here. Jesus said, wherever... You, you gather together, two or three, I'll, I'll, I'm with you. He said the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. And even, even while we're sitting here this morning, and, 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 and some people are watching uh, uh, maybe on their computer and so on, he's coming to you. Amen. He's knocking. He's looking for a place to dwell. He's looking for a place where his spirit can dwell. He's looking for somebody who will be available temple to him, a mobile temple to him. Will take his presence into the workplace, will take his presence wherever you go, and to express the goodness of God there. This is what our day needs. This is what our world needs in this day. There's so much misery, there's so much pain. I'm telling you, it's just incredible what's going on in this world. It's getting worse by the day. It's time for us to rise up and to be the people that God wants us to be. And you know what? All we need to do is be available. He's not, he's not expecting you to be super holy. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes in, of course, he's going, to, he's going to work holiness into your life. And all of that happens. But the, he will never be finished until your last day. But in the meantime, he wants to use you. I, you know, I was surprised. Uh, I worked in a bank before we stepped out in ministry, and uh, at that time we were, I resigned to go on to become a missionary in, in Belgium. And my boss was uh, a very ungodly man. 
I, I just found it interesting that, that he could lie so easily. Even if it wasn't necessary to lie, he just chose to lie. But when I resigned and I told him what my plan was, he said, I, I just want to say something. He said, your life has spoken very loudly to me. I never knew that. I never knew. I never knew that. And I realized they are looking. They are looking for people where God dwells. They're looking. And people are looking at you. And some of them are desiring that you will just speak up and say something. Let the Holy Spirit just reach out of you. Let some of that living water just flow out of you and bring life to them and bring hope to them. That's why we, God always gives abundance. He never gives enough. I'm telling you, God's not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. And he gives us the overflow. So that we can bring his goodness to the world. And so this morning, we have a standing invitation. I, I believe that invitation still stands today. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. But out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says... This he spoke of the Holy Spirit that would come. Well, he came. He came. And uh, this morning, I told you in the beginning, on Friday evening, that I came with an agenda. I want to accomplish something here. And that is that every one of us be set on fire for God. Everyone. I came with an agenda that everyone be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, my, my hope and my prayer is that everybody will receive that abundance. That everybody become a temple where God can dwell. In his fullness. You know, the Bible says, and out of his fullness... We have received. Out of his fullness we have received. You know the Bible says. Uh, we are complete in him. You know we, we, we look at ourselves. We disqualify ourselves. But when we look and see how God sees us. It's a totally different picture. And the days of disqualifying, uh, disqualifying ourselves must be over. It must be over. It must be over. Now, I want to come in agreement with you this morning that God's going to touch you. I want us to come together today. The Bible says, if two, or, if two of you agree on anything, you will receive from our Father. And I want, I, I'm looking for people today that want to come in that agreement and say, you know, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I want the rivers of living water. I want that wind that comes. Oh, I just love that picture. I just, I just love that picture of the wind that you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, but you will feel the effect.
that we can live that life where God can move us into any direction where he wants. Like old Philip, when God, the Holy Spirit said to him, there's that Ethiopian man in that wagon. Go there fast. Quickly, quickly. And he ran. And he sat on the wagon with him, and he, he brought the gospel to him. The man was baptized, and the wind took Philip, and he was gone. Found in another place. <laughs> what an adventure the Holy Spirit brings to us. What a life he's given us. It's, it's just amazing. I just thank God. You know, sometimes I look back and say, God, I should have done more. I, I really should have done more. I should have been more available to you. But I thank God that, that he, he picked up somebody who grew up in a small place way down in South Africa that nobody knows about and put me in a place where I can bring the gospel in many places. What an adventure that was and still is. Because I'm not done yet. We're not done. We're not done. I tell you, it's amazing what God can do. And, you know, we need, to, we need to snap out of our comfort zones and be available. Be available. God, I want to be available to you. I want to be, I want to be your vessel. I want to be your voice. I want to be your hands. And so this morning, I'm just going to repeat that invitation to all, to us here. If you're thirsty, we have pastors here, uh, Lucas here, Pastor Tony's here. Uh, we just want to touch you. We, we don't need to do, we just need to touch you in agreement. Let's do that this morning. Thank you.